Welcome to RPI Tech Connect. In this session, we'll be discussing healthcare retention challenges and how tools like Infor's MVS can help teams take control over their schedules while helping your organization improve engagement and retention. Just as important as the tool itself are the skills for using it. Stick around to hear all about this and more. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on the RPI Tech Connect podcast. I'm your host, Chris Airy, and today we're going to be discussing some super interesting topics relating to healthcare and scheduling. But before we dive in, I want to introduce today's guest speaker, Max Fisk. Max is a principal workforce management consultant at RPI, and he's got a ton of background in product, consulting, healthcare, and scheduling. Max, do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, I can uh, spin you a bit of a yarn and start at the very beginning, um, <laughs> if you'd like. So um, I started out my career <clears throat> as a baby working for Johns Hopkins um, uh, main campus, working for the nursing administration. Um, and I started out answering phones, supporting their scheduling software, um, and moved my way up to a business analyst. Uh, where I was kind of helping individual units to uh, re-implement the system. So new features come out, we build new customizations for other people. Um, And then, you know, my job was to go to uh, outside units who have not used this new feature and see if it would work for them and, you know, try to build it for them uh, into their system. And the software that we were using was an old uh, old, old scheduling software that went by a bunch of different names because it had been bought out by so many different people. Uh, Vaztec, Nightingale, Shiftmaker, Lawson. It was eventually bought by Lawson, so that was the most recent. Uh, but then in four acquired Lawson, so Shiftmaker, what we were using at Hopkins, was now owned by N4. Um, so I was approached by N4 and... Um, decided to move over to work for them. Um, and I started out in consulting, supporting ShiftMaker, um, but I was uh, approached with the problem of bridging the gap, doing a gap analysis between that ShiftMaker software that Hopkins was using and a different scheduling software that Infor owned that was created by WorkBrain called MultiView Scheduler. Um, so I did that gap analysis between the two and we found that there were some, you know, there were some differences between what North American healthcare systems were using with ShiftMaker and what, uh, MultiView Scheduler could do at the time. Um, so after that analysis, uh, I moved over to product management where I was one of two product managers, uh, owning the design, um, and build of MVS. So I spent a few years there uh, closing the gap between those two systems and helping out to kind of build out um, newer pieces of uh, healthcare-facing, you know, technologies within that scheduling software. Um, And then, you know, we we closed a couple of those gaps, moved some people over, um, and then I was then moved over to the consulting side of the house, back to consulting. Um, So... Spent a year or two within consulting at Infor, um, and then I went over to Deloitte for the last three and a half years, uh, where I was doing the same, um, working with MultiView Scheduler, implementing it for all kinds of customers, huge and small, 
um, and most recently moved over here to RPI uh, about six months ago, um, and you know, doing similar here. So working with more in healthcare than I have been uh, in recent history, which is nice. So getting back to my roots, working in healthcare, and kind of helping to try to solve uh, some of the issues that you know the current scheduling healthcare scheduling market is facing. Um, so pretty interesting stuff getting back to what what brought me into it to begin with yeah oh awesome man thanks yeah. for uh being a part of the show and we're happy i know i speak for everyone here at rpi we're happy to have you here at the company as a uh, part of the workforce management practice you guys are doing great things it's an exciting time um but while we're on the topic of healthcare and and staffing i know that there have been some priorities let's call them in uh this year and I, uh, retention has been a one has been one of them i think um but like you know related to that scheduling and multi-view scheduler like w- what's going on there what, what can you what can you share with us yeah some some um some interesting stuff's been going on and um you know i do want to say that i will speak to how i have seen scheduling shift in the last few years since um since the pandemic um i will yeah i'll I'll speak to how it's kind of affected what i've seen um rather than healthcare as a whole um you know i'm not gonna tackle not gonna tackle that topic Um, (laughs) it's a big one we'll save it for later yeah yeah yeah, yeah. maybe next time um (laughs) but uh yeah, so, so what I've seen is just, uh, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of turnover. Um, there's a lot more uh, centralized staffing changes that I've seen. So, um, you know, instead of bringing new resources in, um, trying to utilize the resources that the hospital has um, existing. So, f- you know, cross-training people and floating them from one unit to another rather than uh, just hiring new resources um, we've also seen a lot that has affected scheduling, a lot of traveling, uh, and contract nursing. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot, instead of full-time dedicated resources, a lot of people come in and out, a lot of ebb and flow, a lot of turnover in that rate. So, um, you know, working with contractors within schedules and, and travelers within schedules becomes difficult, um, cause you know, our system feeds directly from our HR software. So then there's the whole debacle of whether or not contract people are, are a part of the organization or not, whether that they should have profiles and HR. So there's a lot of complications around that stuff that has always existed, um, issues that have always existed, but have seemed to been, um, really blown out of the water. Um, so with, with a lot of that turnover, um, there's been a huge focus obviously on retention um and what we have been able to help with on the retention side at least is just you know nurse satisfaction um with what we can do and what we can do is try to make schedules easier um so help them to build the schedule they want within the guidelines that the unit needs um so that they're fully staffed but that people have control over their lives um so in that you know trying to to, to help refine the whole thing, um, save time as well. That's a big one. Um, you know, nurses typically don't become nurses so they can sit behind a keyboard and schedule people. So <laughs> trying to, trying to keep them, you know, at the bedside as much as humanly possible. It's weird designing something that you hope someone uses as little as humanly possible, but it's kind of what we end up doing. Um, that's when you know the product's working, right? They don't have yeah. to spend a bunch of time yeah, using yeah. it and it <laughs> does what it's supposed to. 
Yep, yeah, when they get in there, use it real quick and get rid of it. <clears throat> um, that's that's the dream right there. Is if, if I don't have to talk to anybody and they're all self-sufficient <laughs> and they're barely using it, that's what we want. <laughs> nice. And it, it sounds like Enforce kind of had its pulse on the industry, so to speak, and with like some of the recent developments that have been that have been made to MVS. Like, what? Yeah, I, I think there was a part of the October release they had introduced some new functionality. Um, what, what did that look like? Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, so, Infor has been spending more and more time, um, and we've seen a lot of that. Uh, directly reflected a lot of that time directly reflected in the latest release and that they've been spending a lot of time directly with healthcare customers so product management development um you know all those folks over there are you know they always have been but spending a lot more time directly with customers in that um you know i i try not to name names here uh, i don't know if i'm allowed to or not but um there's a a pretty large uh, healthcare customer that has been using different versions of mvs for some time now um and they've had a lot of success with it and um over the years even when i was back in product management about six ish years ago um we worked with them quite a bit on uh you know some self-scheduling things that we were working on and fixing um so in working with folks like that and in working with other folks who are using the system, approaching customers who are using other software who might think about switching, you know, anybody who anybody who will tell them what's going on, they've been listening. Uh, and it's really shown in that the latest release has made a lot of advancements in centralized staffing, um, you know, reducing the number of clicks needed to, to build and maintain schedules, so getting people in and out as quickly as possible. Uh, and the big thing that we've seen is um, expediting self-scheduling for the end user. Um, so that's been really nice in that we're, you know, focusing on quite a bit of uh, the scheduler and the nurse manager and the central staffer. Um, but in this one, they, they put a lot of attention into the actual nurse picking up shifts. So when you're building your own schedule, what goes into that um, and, and how long that takes you and, and whether or not you can quickly and easily build the schedule that you need because um, in organizations that's that's there's a lot of people in there doing that at once um, I remember an organization in particular that would have upwards of 300 nurses on a particular unit and they would open self-scheduling at midnight for everybody at once so it was just chum in the water like just 350 something people in there fighting for shifts all at once um, so being able to to build build self-scheduling out in a way that can, you know, balance employee satisfaction, but also, you know, help, the, you know, the, the end game here is to staff the unit, right? So, yeah. So, so a question for you there, you, you mentioned something interesting. So how does MVS, uh, you know, work to resolve like the floodgate of, you know, schedule, self-scheduling opening at midnight and everyone jumping in there at once? How does MVS like, I guess, I don't know, ease that? that process or what does it look like when you use MVS? Yeah. So there's, um, the, when we, when we set up self-scheduling for a particular unit, um, there's a lot of things that come into consideration. A lot of things that healthcare customers are already doing in instances. Um, so self-scheduling isn't something that's new, but, um, maintaining it in uh, software, it, you know, is for a lot of times that a lot of folks are, 
pinning up a calendar on the break room wall and telling people to go write their names in certain days on the days they want to work. Um, you know, and they've got rules. You've got to pick up a X number of weekend shifts. You've got to pick up X number of on-call shifts, stuff like that. Um, so there's minimums and there's maximums. There's rules that you have to abide by if you're going to self-schedule. Um, and, you know, so building those rules into the system can start to, I, I guess, put guardrails around what somebody can pick up and what they can't. Um, so we're putting unit limitations as well as individual nurse limitations on what they can and can't do. Um, so that kind of puts, uh, puts guardrails around what they're able to pick up as far as when they're able to pick it up. Um, we're allowed to, and we can build individual groups so we can split one unit into individual groups based on seniority, based on, I mean, throw a dart at the phone book and just randomly (laughs) pick one third of your nursing staff and then, yeah, break them into, you know, three groups. Um, and then each schedule period, I would say most often it's like a six-week schedule period that they sign up for shifts in, they'll let, you know, group one go in first and then two go in next and then three go in next. So group one gets a six-hour head start. They get to go in six hours before group two and then group three goes in six hours after group two um, and then they close everybody out at the same time. So, and then the next six-week schedule period, group two goes in first, then group three, then one goes in last. So they can rotate it. They can build it off seniority, so the most senior people always go in first. Um, you know, nurses who sign up for nights and weekends primarily, they get to go before. You know, you're, you're trying to reinforce good behavior um, through building these minimums and these maximums. And, you know, what, what I try to attempt in building this and what I've seen the most success with is um, trusting people. So um, you can let everybody in there at once. You can regulate everything. You can put lots of rules around everything. But, um, you know, it's a two-way street in, in letting, you know, everybody sign up and build their own schedules, kind of putting trust in them that, like, we can all do this as long as we do the right thing, right? So pick up your minimums, pick up your maximums, pick up your weekend shifts, pick up your on-call shifts. Um, and in trusting them to do that, I have seen that they do that. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a give and take. So, um you know, putting a lot of trust and communication in there as well, as well as, you know, software limitations and rules and regulations and stuff. So, um, yeah, kind of walking everybody through that, getting them used to that and, and building that in there. That would be so it sounds like the then easiest that, like, way to reduce the, chum in the water. <laughs> got it. Got it. And so NVS then like, you know, the self-scheduling component as well as like trusting your staff to do the right thing and like rewarding or maybe not rewarding, but acknowledging like the correct behavior yeah, when like sure. approaching that is definitely something that's got to be helping you think with like retention and engagement and like the workplace experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, I've always taken it for granted, right? Uh, my work schedule. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about somebody who's working 12 hour shifts um, and, you know, it's less, you're not working five days a week, you know, in a two week pay period or a two week schedule period, you know, your schedule is all over the place. Switching from days to nights, weekends, picking up on call shifts, all that stuff. Um, and it's chaos. Like, imagine trying to plan your life around something that's going to happen, you know, six weeks from Might now. Be different. That, yeah. yeah, you don't really know, right? So, um, you know, by, by allowing people to kind of help control their schedules, you're really helping them. It's, it's huge to let them control their lives. And, there, you know, there's a lot of healthcare customers out there that are doing this already. They're just not doing it within the system. Um, Hmm. so, and, and, 
in doing it in paper, um, there are, I would say, just as many, no, not just as many, way more difficulties in doing it in paper so than say, doing it in the system. Um, you got people and, writing their names on the calendar in the break room, oh, dude, and then you've sure. got people coming up whiting, and erasing those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah whiting, whiting out somebody's name and then writing their name on top of it. I've seen... Um, you know, like the first six names are the people who get it, uh, get that shift. And then if you put your name below that, then like, you know, seven and eight are reserved. So if somebody within the first six calls out and then someone writes their name in between the first person and the second person. So then you just went from, you know, getting that shift in spot six to being bumped into the reserve spot. And then they don't know who wrote their name first. Like, so yeah, it's, it's bananas. So, um, it cuts down on that type of, of behavior. And, and, there, there for sure is always going to be somebody who tries to take advantage of, of the system. Um, but I try to encourage people. And I think that the people who see the most success in self-scheduling are the folks who are not building out their rules to account for the very small amount of people who are going to take advantage of it, but building it out to reward the people who aren't, you know, the people who are going to do it the way they're supposed to do it. Reward those folks, uh, help build trust address the handful of people who aren't doing what they're supposed to do individually. Don't punish everybody for that. So keep your rules and regulations open. Um, trust people to do the right thing. And um, I've seen success in that. And organizations are different. You know, everybody, every unit does it differently and all that. Um, that's just what I've personally seen within the application having success in. Okay. So then it sounds like then though, like the, you know, the latest enhancements we've seen to MVS that's like a direct product of, of Infor, like resolving a need for a client. So it sounds like it's safe to say that they've had a steady pulse on the industry and they're, they're working to enhance it to kind of, you know, address the concerns that have been raised by the community. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But, but with that though, like it, it, you, it's clear then that MVS is a, is a powerful application and it can, you know, surely enhance the, the quality of the work experience for nursing teams but like, how are people, I guess, maximizing this application? It, it, it seems like, you know, on the one hand, when there's when you have a tool that has so many capabilities, it's almost like, where do you even begin? How do you start by implementing something like that? If, you, yeah, if that, you're, especially if you're moving from like, you know, a paper process. Yeah, no, that's a, a, a huge piece of it in that, um, you know, folks within healthcare talk to each other um, and you know, they, they'll see what works best for some and works best for others. Um, and, you know, making, making sure that you get the correct guidance, making sure that if you are going to start down this path of using, you know, a, a scheduling software like this, that, that has so much functionality and so much capability that you get somebody who can kind of help you down the right path. Um, I've been involved in countless implementations um, and I've jumped in halfway through a couple implementations and I've come in towards the end or after go live on some. Um, and it, it honestly does take a, a really a guiding hand throughout the whole process. Somebody who knows the application really well, somebody who knows um, what has worked well in some instances and, and what doesn't work well in others. Um, and, you know, healthcare scheduling is not something new. Um, they know what they need. They know what has worked for them within one hospital. Every single unit can schedule completely differently. Um, but they don't know how the application works. They don't know what's in it. They don't know what they don't know. 
So having somebody kind of help and walk them through that, meet them, um, you know, when we're doing implementations, we're not uh, just handing over a configured system um, because, you know, I, I would say MVS, MVS's greatest strength can also be its greatest weakness in that it has so much functionality in that if you're not guided in the right direction and if you're not shown what to use and how to use it, it can be overwhelming. Um, it can be, you know, a, a total loose box of Legos without any directions. You don't really know oh. what you're going to do. So, um, yeah, there's, there's no direction, right? And if, if there's a million different things, where do you start? What do you, you know, I, I've seen people really find a tool that they like and focus on it and end up using that tool potentially too much. Um, and because that's what they found works, they don't explore other parts of the application. Um, and, you know, because it is such a flexible tool, um, everything is left very open-ended purposefully. Um, so, you know, North American healthcare, um, everybody runs it differently. Everybody can do it differently. Um, that's what makes North American healthcare very strong. And in that, you can't be prescriptive when you develop this type of stuff. You have to leave it open-ended so that anybody can use it the way they want to use it. So again, in that being open-ended, sometimes if you're not guided or you don't know where to look or what to do, that can be its greatest weakness and that you just don't really know where to even start, what to use, what to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say just, I would say just as important as the, the application being as, as well designed as it is, um, getting help in doing it is I think nope. really important as well. It's like buying somebody a jet airplane and being like, here you go. Are you ready to fly? Yeah, right. Great. And they have no You're instruction. Good. They're on their own. And they mm -hmm. bought it for, and it was expensive. And they're like, well, well what do I do now? And then they hate yeah. it, right? The, the experience is not a good go one. Get, go get your groceries in this. <laughs> and try not to burn up the cul-de-sac. Oh, yeah. man. No, very so much. It, it's, it's fascinating to hear how the application is evolving and, and like, you know, companies are using it differently. Um, but if there was one thing you had to, you know, tell folks about MVS, uh, what would it be? Um, is that tough? Is that hard to answer? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'll give you, I'll give you a pretty broad answer, but, um, back at Hopkins, um, answering phones and supporting people. Um, we had a saying, someone I looked up to used to say, don't suffer in silence. Um, and that's something that I still say now and I still try to repeat. And I would say that, that, yeah, if you're starting down this road or even if you're in it, if you've been using the application for some time, um, and you're, you're wondering if anything can be done better, or if you're wondering if the application can do anything in general, don't, don't suffer in silence, reach out to somebody. There's a lot of people who already use it. There's a lot of people who can help implement it. Um, it is pretty hard to do. I, I won't, you know, I don't want to pat myself on the back here, but it's a tricky application. And again, in that, you know, that's its, its greatest strength. It can make a, it can be a weakness. So if, if you're wondering if it can do something, if you're wondering if there's got to be a better way to do this, there's got to be a faster way to do this. Um, you know, there's got to be a tool specifically for this, or I was using an application beforehand that could do this. 
ask somebody, reach out, um, you know, find somebody, you know, at in four or I mean, here, <laughs> RPI or anywhere, just ask, um, because it's, it is at times hard. Well, not at times. It's hard to know what you don't know. <laughs> so reach out to somebody, you know, it, it's reach out to within your network, within your community, find somebody who can help you. Um, because odds are there is a way that it can be done, um, or there is a way that you can do it faster. Um, and if not, you know, there are folks who are also close to the developers, uh, you know, like myself. Um, and, and that type of stuff is what they want to hear. So if, if it can't do something that you can't do, or that if they don't know about that, then they're never going to be able to build it into the product to help you. Um, so I've seen some customers make some complaints about some things. Um, I've reported those back, uh, and those customers who are now using the system have seen those changes in this past, past October release. Um, and it's, it is reassuring to see that, you know, they, they made a complaint. They didn't think it was going to go anywhere. Right. <laughs> and then, I was say, and then it, what, we get what the, better we feeling get the, than to like yeah. voice your opinion with a, with an issue you're having with an application and then having it being fixed with a, in a relatively quick time. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like thanks for listening, guys. Like this is what you would expect, but right. so often, yeah. you, it's not the like case. It doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense <laughs> for a split shift to work this way. I don't know why it would. You know, I wish it could do this. Tell somebody. You know, and then yeah. I've seen. You know, I have seen things that I've submitted myself from customers, and it is really cool. You know, I'm sure they get the release notes and everything like that, but it is really cool to go back and reach out to somebody that you used to work with and say. You know, hey, this this October. <laughs> Remember that thing you complained about? about? Right. We took care of it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They built awesome. it for you. So yeah, yeah. speak up. Heck Don't yeah. Don't suffer in silence. Well, um, I think that's about it for today. Thank you for uh, thanks for your time, and for those of you listening in, thanks for tuning in. If you uh, you know have any questions, or if you're you know having challenges with scheduling or something else within workforce management, we encourage you to reach out to us. Um, if you have any questions about today's podcast or something for you uh, that you would love for us to cover in the future, please email us at podcast at rpic.com. Again, that's podcast at rpic.com. Until next time, I'm Chris Harry, and this is RPI Tech Mag. Thanks, guys.